Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Happiness in the United States has been on a downward trend since the 90s, with an even steeper decline since the 2000s. And as you can imagine, things have gotten even worse in the past two years. One poll conducted by the University of Chicago in 2020 found that we are the most unhappy we had ever been since 1972 when they first started collecting data. We're more unhappy than ever. It's no surprise that in Yale's over 300-year history, one of the most popular classes is the class on happiness. Since making that course available online for free, millions of people have enrolled. So what's the key to a happy life? How can I be happy? And how can those whom I love be happy? As a parent, I want my son to be happy. And as a son, I want my parents to be happy. This isn't a new question. With our happiness on the decline, we might have a special sense of urgency to answer it. But this is a question that people have asked throughout history. The book of Psalms, written about 3,000 years ago, begins with this exact question. The author thought that it was such a foundational question that the first thing he addresses is the key to a happy life. We just read, blessed is the man who dot, dot, dot. But another good way to translate this word is happy. That's how many scholars translate it here. Happy is the man who dot, dot, dot. Do you want a happy life? Listen to the wisdom of this psalm. The answer that it gives is just as true for us today as it was 3,000 years ago. And here it is. This is the main point of the psalm. This is how the book of Psalms begins. The key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord. Don't let the simplicity of that answer fool you. It contains profound wisdom that if you follow, will lead to a happy life. So let's dig into it. It starts by telling us what we are to avoid in order to be happy. Take a look at verse 1. Blessed, or happy, is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of of scoffers. Did you notice how in this verse there's a progression? So it starts with walking in the counsel of the wicked, that is, taking their advice, and then standing in the way of sinners, that is, living their lifestyle, and then sitting in the seat of scoffers, that is, having belonging with them. There may be here a picture of the natural progression of how we wander from God. So we start by listening to the advice of the wicked, and then that moves to living their lifestyle, 
and it ends in having belonging with them. And maybe a picture of this natural progression, or it might just be a way to portray three different areas of life. There's the intellectual, the counsel of the wicked. There's the behavioral, the way of sinners. And there's the communal, the seat of scoffers. Likely these three lines are meant to picture our life in its entirety. Happy is the one who distances himself from the wicked in all areas of his life. Now, the psalm isn't saying that we are to have no contact at all with the wicked. The Apostle Paul says that in order to do that, we would have to leave the world. But it's saying, do you want to be happy? Where do you go to for advice? God's Word or Google? Godly friends or the wisdom of this world? What does your lifestyle look like? Is it noticeably different from your non-Christian friends? Or would it be hard for someone to tell the difference? Who are your closest friends? Do they encourage you to know and love God more deeply? Or do they have a negative influence on your faith? The key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord. And what we need to do is avoid first the things of this verse. Happy is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, does not take their advice, does not live their lifestyle, and who does not have belonging with them. That's what we are to avoid in order to have a happy life. But what are we to do instead? Take a look at verse 2. Happy is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. These two lines here are parallel in verse 2. So to delight in the law of the Lord is to meditate on it day and night. That's quite the task. Does that mean that in order to be happy, you have to become a monk? Do you have to spend all day studying God's word and doing nothing else? No. Certainly it means that we should delight to know God's word, and one way we do that is by setting aside time to study it. But this verse isn't saying that you have to become a monk in order to be happy. What it's saying is that you should reflect on God's word throughout the day. So it's like this. It's like when you see a beautiful spring flower, you pause and you thank God Because you remember that the book of James says that all good things come from God. It means that when you have a dilemma at work, you pause and you consider what God would have you do and you ask him for wisdom. Because you remember that the book of James also says that if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. The key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord such that on his law you meditate day and night. And this is in direct contrast to the first verse. Happy is the man who, instead of walking in the counsel of the wicked, seeks wisdom in the word of God. Happy is the one who, instead of standing in the way of sinners, strives to live according to God's word. Happy is the one who, 
instead of sitting in the seat of scoffers, finds belonging with God and his people. The key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord. And interestingly, social science today points us in the same direction as what this psalm has been saying for 3,000 years. Study after study shows that religious people are far happier than non-religious people. They're happier in their work, they're more emotionally healthy, they're even physically healthier. One study looked specifically at church attendance, and this is what it found. Take a look at this. So out of those who attend a church service, seldom or never, 26% report being very happy. Of those who attend monthly or less, 31% report being very happy. An improvement. And of those who attend weekly or more, 43% report being happy. From 26% to 43%. That's a big difference. And I mentioned earlier that in 2020, collectively, we were the most unhappy that we have ever been since at least 1972. But there's one subgroup whose happiness actually improved in 2020. Can you guess who it is? Those who attended a religious service at least once a week. Do you want a happy life? Follow the science. Come to church every week. Come to a community group. It just might make you happier. But despite what social science says, and despite what the psalm has been saying for 3,000 years, our culture still gives us fundamentally different advice. What's the advice of our culture? Follow your heart. You do you. Live your authentic life. These platitudes all express the idea that the key to happiness is found inside yourself. But this psalm says something fundamentally different. It says the key to happiness isn't inside of you. It's outside of you. The key to happiness is found in the word of God. What a tremendous gift. The answer to this question that mankind has been wrestling with throughout all history is given to us in this psalm. There's no need to go from one career to the next, from one relationship to the next, from one adventure to the next, desperately hoping that the next one will finally bring us the happiness we long for. God has graciously given us the key to happiness in his word. See, we think that the law of God stifles our happiness. To one degree or another, we all live that way. But the truth is that the law of God is the key to our happiness. Do you want a happy life? Don't follow your heart. Delight in the law of God. Obey the Ten Commandments. Strive to live a chaste life. Don't envy others. Take Sundays off. See if it doesn't make you happier. The key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord. 
And this psalm gives us two reasons why. And that's what we'll spend the rest of our time looking at. The first reason why the key to a happy life is to delight in the Lord is in verse 3. Take a look. Happy is the one who delights in the Lord, for he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. A couple summers ago, my wife and I saw exactly what this verse is describing when we visited the Grand Canyon. Have you been there before? Maybe you remember this if you have. So we went in August, and as far as the eye could see, there was desert land with almost no trees and very little vegetation. But when we looked into the bottom of the canyon, there was this stark contrast. There was a winding path of vibrant, lush green. Nearly barren land everywhere, but this vibrant green following along the banks of the Colorado River. That's what this verse is describing. Happy is the one who delights in the Lord, for he is like one of those vibrant, lush, green trees. If you planted a tree away from that river, One day, it would wither and die. But those trees yield their fruit in their season, and their leaves do not wither. In fact, look at the climactic statement at the end of this verse. It says, Happy is the man who delights in the Lord, for in all he does, he prospers. In times of abundance and in times of drought, In all he does, he prospers. It's almost presented here as a natural outcome of godly living. When you're planted by a stream, you can't help but flourish. When you delight in the law of the Lord, you can't help but prosper. Now, it's important to say that this doesn't mean that if you delight in the Lord, you won't go through hardship, or that when you do, it won't hurt. Read through the rest of the book of Psalms and you'll see that God's people go through plenty of unjust suffering. We live in a broken world. Not only our sin, but also the sins of others and the general fallenness of the world brings suffering. But this metaphor tells us two things. First, it tells us that if you delight in the Lord, you will generally prosper. The law of God tells us how we're meant to live. If you delight in that law, you will generally live a happy life. And second, it tells us that when you do go through hardship, you won't suffer in the same way that others do. The tree by the river still experiences the drought, but it experiences something very different from the tree just 30 feet away. In the same way, we can endure hardship because our roots reach down to something much deeper. And so you still will experience the loss of loved ones. You still may lose your job. You may experience physical 
suffering. You might go through tremendous difficulty. We still suffer, but we suffer in a profoundly different way than those who don't know God. We don't suffer alone. We can cry out to God, and He hears us. Even in our darkest moments, there's a spring of life within us, and that sustains us and gives us hope for a better day. Happy is the one who delights in the Lord. Why? Because he is like a tree planted by streams of water. In all he does, he prospers. This is in sharp contrast to the wicked. Look at verse 4. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Some of you know that I roast my own coffee in my apartment. And let me tell you, one of the most annoying parts of the process is the chaff. So on an unroasted coffee bean, there's this thin outer layer. And as you roast the bean, it separates from the bean. That's the chaff. And the annoying thing is that it gets everywhere. It's so light that if you so much as breathe on it, it goes flying in all directions. And my roaster has a uh, fan that's supposed to blow this chaff into a filter at the top. But because it's so thin, it doesn't catch everything. And so every time I roast coffee, this chaff just gets everywhere. Now, believe it or not, not a lot has changed in the past 3,000 years. This is pretty much the same way that people used to separate the grain from the chaff at the time that this psalm was written. What you would do is you would get a pitchfork, you would dig it into the chaff, and then you would throw it into the air. And because the chaff was so light, the wind would just blow it away, and you would separate the grain from the chaff. So this is what this verse is saying. The wicked are like chaff. In the end, they have no substance. Chaff isn't something to be kept and cherished. It's the annoying part to be disposed of. And just like chaff, it takes no more than a breath for the wicked to be blown away. When the righteous suffer, their roots sustain them. They have hope and help in Jesus Christ. But for those who believe that there is no deeper meaning or help in suffering, life is just survival of the fittest. They're like a tree fighting to survive in the desert. And so they may be on top for the moment. They may have a tremendous amount of power and influence. But just as quickly as they rose, so they will be blown away in the wind. So here's the first reason why the key to happiness is to delight in the Lord. Happy is the one who delights in the Lord, for he is like a tree planted by water. The second reason bumps this all up a notch. It broadens our perspective on happiness and puts it more clearly into the perspective of eternity. Take a look at verses 5 and 6. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, 
nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. These verses picture two opposite destinies. On the one hand are the wicked. Unlike the happy man who does not stand in the way of sinners, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Rejecting the law of God can bring happiness for a time. We can find temporary happiness instead in success, sensuality, comfort, following your heart. But this psalm has in mind a much longer-lasting happiness. From the perspective of eternity, the happiness of the wicked is nothing more than a chaff that blows in the wind. In the day of God's judgment, it all comes to an end. On the opposite side are the righteous, those who delight in the Lord. And their experience is the reverse of the wicked. So unlike the wicked who experience temporary happiness and eternal suffering, the righteous experience temporary suffering, but eternal happiness. They experience momentary suffering in this life, but in the day of God's judgment, they enter into endless bliss. In contrast to the way of the wicked, which will perish, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. The NIV translates this phrase, the Lord watches over the righteous. That's a good way to translate this phrase because it gets at the meaning of this word to know. In Hebrew, the word to know doesn't always mean just an intellectual knowing. It can also mean a relational knowing. There's a volitional element to it. The Lord watches over the righteous. He cares for them like a loving father cares for his children. So here's the second reason why the key to happiness is to delight in the Lord. The first reason is because he is like a tree planted by streams of water. And second, the Lord watches over him and brings him into eternal happiness. In the end, there are only two ways to live, and each way has its own end. Either you delight in the Lord, and you're like a tree planted by streams of water whom the Lord watches over, or you're like chaff, and you won't stand in the day of judgment. The lines are blurred for now, for a time, the wheat and the chaff live together. But then comes the harvest day. The, uh, John the Baptist said that Jesus will come and bring the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. In the end, it all comes down to this. Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Or do you walk in the counsel of the wicked? And this black and white reality ought to disturb us. Because I don't know about you, but while I delight in the Lord at times, I also quickly 
and easily reject him. The Apostle Paul talked about it like this. He said that there is a war within him. He said that there's a part of him that delights in the law of God, but there's another part that makes him captive to sin. And so he says that he has the desire to do good, but not the ability to carry it out. And that's the struggle of all believers. Maybe for you, it's especially a battle over anger. Maybe it's an intense inner struggle over same-sex desires. Maybe it's drunkenness or greed. It looks a little bit different in each one of us, but what's common to us all is that we're weak and filled with sin. There's a part of us that delights in the Lord, but there's another part that delights in wickedness. And because of that, we don't deserve to be happy in this life or the next. God has given us the key to happiness, but time and time again, we reject it. And so we can't stand in the judgment. We'll perish. But the good news is that there is one who is not delighted in evil, but who always and fully delights in the law of God. And he chose to stand in our place in the judgment. For our sin, he was driven away like chaff. He himself is the life-giving stream of water, and yet for our sake, he endured a drought in body and in soul. But he not only suffered and died, he also rose again. And because he rose again, now we can stand in the judgment. Not by our own merits, but by the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. He stands in our place and secures our happiness. If you have faith in him, though you are a sinner, still you will stand in the congregation of the righteous. If you have faith in him, You are like a tree planted by streams of water. If you have faith in him, the Lord watches over you and will bring you into eternal happiness. Happy is the one who delights in the Lord. Let's pray.